This is the sermon podcast of St. John's Episcopal Church in Brooklyn, New York. They're primarily by me, the Reverend Ben DeHart, but you'll hear from some of my good friends as well. We at St. John's exist to proclaim the good news of the gospel. So if you like what you hear, we'd love it if you join us in person. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m., and our beautiful church, located in Park Slope, is easy to get to from all over the city. We hope you'll stop by soon. And now, the sermon. Now, I don't know about you, but every Sunday, even though I've been to Palm Sunday services for 37 years now, every Palm Sunday, I forget all over again that this is Whiplash Sunday. What do I mean by that? Well, if you were outside with us just a second ago, we were festive, we were joyous, we were rejoicing and shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And then 10 minutes later, you and I all cried out, crucify, crucify him. One minute you come in thinking it's a gala, the next you're stopped in your tracks with a passion narrative. Since the earliest days of the church, the story of Jesus' triumphal entry has been set alongside the passion narrative. Why? Well, before we get to an answer, I want to tell you about two instances I have had on various Palm Sundays. The first was after the service, I was standing at the back And this man came up to me, and he came up to me kind of secretly. It was just supposed to be him and me talking. And he kind of whispered. He said, Father, I never say crucify him because I never would have. Now, all of us are self-righteous in our own ways, whether it's about politics, whether it's about sports, whether it's about your piety. But all I could think, and obviously I was not going to say this out loud, was like, man, you missed the whole point of the service. Another Palm Sunday, I was processing to the back of the church at the closing hymn, and the young crucifer, she looked up at me and said, I don't know how I'm supposed to be feeling today. And now I'm, I'm not very quick on my feet, so I didn't say this in the moment, but I wish I had. I wish I would have looked her in the eye and just said, You get it. You understand today. One minute we're praising, the next we're betraying. When you think about it, and I'm not going to put this on you, I'm just going to put this on me, this sounds a whole lot like my lived reality. Maybe you have heard, I'm sure all of you have heard, the adage, there's a fine line between love and hate. And most often when we think of that, we think of romantic relationships. And it includes romantic relationships. But for me lately, it's been more platonic friendships. Unfortunately, in the past couple of years, and it has seemed outside of my control, I've, I've lost some friendships, some friends who I think really liked me, got to a point of not liking me. And And I don't want to put this as I'm a victim. I have definitely been in 
romantic relationships before Chelsea, of course, where I was head over heels one minute, and then the next felt betrayed, and there was hate in my heart. It wasn't very priestly-like at all. I'm sure that none of you in this room can relate to any of that. But I think what Palm Sunday gives us is a glimpse of human nature. It's a glimpse of one minute to another for a lot of us. It's a picture of that age-old notion of original sin. Now, before you roll your eyes at me, now he's getting doctrinal on us, I don't think that the doctrine of original sin, rightly understood, has ever been more in vogue than today. What do I mean by that? Well, just think of the language we use today. We're, we're no longer modern. Maybe we're late modern, maybe we're postmodern, whatever you want to call it. We don't think of ourselves as autonomous individuals anymore. We use language like systematic injustice, systemic racism, systemic oppression. You fill in the blank. We realize now that it's more than just me and my choices in my sphere. We know that we're complicit in something larger than us. It might feel outside of our control, and yet we are complicit. And, and, and we're well-meaning people, right? I look out in this room, and I see generous, joyous people. We're well-meaning. The people, honestly, who, who put Jesus to death, they were trying to create order. They were well-meaning in their own way. What this whiplash Sunday shows us, this praising, betraying, this kind of dual nature part of all of us, the, the good and the bad, this well-meaning, but at the same time we're complicit in something bigger, I think it helps us understand this reading. Because for too long, when people have read this text, they've thought, oh, the Jews killed Jesus, or oh, the Romans killed Jesus. But the message of this text is neither. I mean, Jesus and all of his disciples are Jews. So if you have any of that in your mind, throw it out once and for all. The message of the day, and the reason why in the play you and I are the ones who call for Barabbas, the reason you and I are the ones who say crucify him, is that you and I, the well-meaning good people, in our complicity, we are the ones who put him there. Now, that's the bad news. That's the worst news of all, right? None of us wants to be complicit. None of us want to be on the hook. But we've got to stare that in the face. And I think it actually becomes good news because when we're complicit and God in Jesus goes to the cross for us anyway... That means that in your day-to-day -day life, your first reaction need not be defensiveness. We need not justify ourselves. We are free because Jesus sees us for who we are through and through and decides to go to the cross for us anyway and forgive us. We are free to say, I was wrong or let me hear more information on that. We are free to cast away our self-righteousness once and for all. Now, I'm probably not going to do that. I'm going to need perpetual forgiveness, but I am free 
to embrace that. And there are moments in my life when I embrace that. They're, they're sparse, but there are moments. My friends, the playing field has been leveled. None of us is righteous. We're all complicit in one way or another, and that's not to make light of what we do, our betrayals, etc. The good news of Palm Sunday is that God in Jesus loves people who one minute are praising and the next are betraying. God in Jesus did not die for good people, and he does not die so that good people might get better. He goes to the cross for us so that we might be made new, so that we might be forgiven, so that there is no more scorekeeping, there need not be any more defensiveness. On one level, it's, it's really too good to be true, and yet it is true. So as we go into Holy Week this week, as we turn to Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday, we cannot skip over the cross, for it is through the cross that we come to life, through the cross that we come to forgiveness, through the cross that we come to healing, to let the weight fall off of our shoulders. We need not justify ourselves anymore because there is one who has justified us. And so just as I said last week, I'll say it again this week. Live. It frees you to live. It frees you to love. So now let's affirm our faith by standing together and saying the Apostles' Creed.